Well, good morning, Vintage. It's great to be with you together this morning. Well, why don't we pray before we come to God's word? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you meet us in it. We pray now that you would speak to us clearly. Encourage us, challenge us, grow us, feed us. By your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series on Matthew's Gospel and looking at this book as a discipleship manual. It was written by Matthew to, to disciple the first Christians. And in it, we've seen that Jesus is declared to be king of all creation and he's healing all creation. And part of what he's healing are relationships. He's come to renew and to heal the brokenness of relationships. This is the point of the chapter we're coming to today. In fact, two chapters, chapters 18 and 19. Jesus is gathering his disciples together and he is teaching them how community works under his rule and reign. Community is in the heart of our DNA. Relationships at the center of who we are. It's unsurprising because that's how God made it. That's how Jesus made the world. He made the world in the image of God. And God is a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so relationship is at the very heartbeat of who we are. But as you know, in Genesis, we read the story of sin entering into the world through humanity's rebellion against the rule of Jesus, against the rule of God. And sin broke everything including relationships. We see Adam and Eve in the garden in great closeness and intimacy and friendship and relationship. No shame, no bitterness, no greed, no anger. But sin comes in and within just a few short chapters of the Bible, we see anger, greed, uh, blame, and then murder. Just within a few chapters, relationships have been warped and broken by sin. And Jesus has come as the king to heal them, to put them back together again. LA is a lonely city, isn't it? And relationships are very difficult and so often we're hurt in relationships. I've spoken to many people who have been traumatized through exclusion or racism or divorce or being overlooked and even in church, relationships are broken and it's so disappointing and disillusioning, isn't it? Because we want relationships in the church to be whole and healed and healthy. But, you know, the church is just a group of sinners saved by grace. And we bring in our brokenness into church and relationships can be just as defensive and judgmental. Exclusionary sometimes is outside. But Jesus doesn't want his church to stay there. He wants his church to be healed under his rule and reign. And in these chapters, Matthew 18 and 19, he lays out the values of what it means to be a kingdom community. In fact, what we're going to see are the principles of kingdom community, the power for kingdom community and the practices of kingdom community. Jesus is healing your relationships. Jesus is healing community. And in these chapters, we see the principles, the power, and the practices of how we join with God to heal community and heal our relationships. The first thing we see are the principles of kingdom community. 
in chapter 18 and 19, we have Jesus responding to this incredible question at the very start of chapter 18, where the disciples say to him, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I mean, what a question. At the very beginning, the disciples are asking, who's best? Who's winning? Who's going to be your number two? This is just a sign of broken relationships, just competitiveness and selfishness. And so Jesus goes on a teaching journey where he highlights five principles of what he's trying to foster in community that is whole and healed. The first thing we see is humility. He talks about how greatness is redefined as humility in the kingdom. We don't have time to read the whole chapters, but he talks about humility as being the bedrock of real community. As you know, Tim Keller defines humility as the essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is thinking of myself less. A community where people think of themselves less, where they use their gifts and their talents and their love and their time and their talent for others and they're not thinking of themselves all the time. That's the beginning of gospel kingdom community. He then moves on to talk about kingdom community have people always looking for the outsider, always looking to bring in those who aren't in it. They're not in a holy huddle. He tells the story of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep but one of them gets lost and the 99 are safe and happy but that's not okay for the sheep to be in a holy huddle. The shepherd goes out and finds the one who is overlooked and outside and lost. And the kingdom community is a community where we welcome the outsider. We're not just trying to find our community and be happy and close the doors, but we're always thinking who is out there who needs community and bring them in. That's why the church is supposed to be the most diverse and welcoming community on earth. He then actually moves on to talk about his community being one where people can resolve healthy conflict. They can resolve their disputes with healthy conflict. They don't escalate it, they don't hide it, they don't bury their conflict. But if they see a conflict, then they know and they have the tools to go and to resolve it. They don't bounce, they don't check out at the first sign of conflict. But they've got the tools, he said, to actually resolve the conflict. It's interesting when you read Paul's letters to all the churches, almost all of them involve some dispute and some challenge and some disagreement and some argument within the church that Paul is helping them to resolve. Is it, wouldn't it be wonderful for a church community to be a place where people know how to resolve conflict in a healthy way and not to move on with disappointment or to bury it This is the kingdom community. The next thing he says is talk about forgiveness. He says, my church is to be a place where people forgive, where we recognize that we're not perfect, that no one is perfect, that everyone will will make mistakes. And we have people around us who forgive us for not being God, forgive us for getting it wrong, that we may grow together and mature together. And then finally, he talks about a church community that is about commitment. So when the values of relationships, the values of community as God has created it to be is around commitment. Jesus confronts the easy checkout culture of relationships, particularly marriage. He talks about divorce in these chapters and he's asked a question by some Pharisees. 
Is, this is a question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? I mean, what a question. But there was a school of thought at the time that you could divorce if a man just didn't like his wife one day, just got a bit upset. And they could, he could just divorce his wife. And Jesus confronts this with reminding them that is covenant, not contract, is the basis of relationships in the kingdom of God. Commitment. Being there with each other through thick and thin. Not just in marriage, but in all relationships. What an amazing community that Jesus is healing and building. One where humility and commitment, healthy conflict, and all these things are at the bedrock. That relationships can thrive. That friendships can be close and intimate and caring for each other. Jesus has come to heal community, heal relationships. But how does that happen? Because I don't know about you, but I know we can't do this in our own strength. We can't just go, okay, Jesus, I'll do this. He's not saying to us, try really hard to do this because sin has broken us. That's the whole point. We have actually ruined community. It's broken. Even in, even in its best moments, we've got great stories of tragedy in marriages and relationships in estranged um, siblings. So how do we do it? Well, this is where Jesus talks about the power for kingdom relationships. He says in Matthew 19, 26, he said, with man, all of this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Straight away, Jesus is telling us, look, it is impossible for you to do this in your own strength, but with God, all things are possible. We need God to help us. We need God to transform us individually, to heal us of our sin, to bind up the brokenness, to kind of heal the wounds within us that we may then externally overflow the principles of relationships, that we may naturally be people who are other-centered. We may naturally start to begin people who are committed. See, Jesus starts to tell them that you have to change on the inside and he changes us on the inside that we may overflow the practices and the principles of relationships. See, for better or for worse, everything that you have gone through in your family of origin, in your experiences, in the sin brokenness in your life, you bring that into relationships. Even as a Christian, you bring that into relationships. And we all have stuff, baggage, hurts, triggers, fears that we bring into relationships. And Jesus is saying, look, these things have to be healed. They're not healed straight away when we become a Christian, but Jesus comes into us by the Holy Spirit and begins to heal us of these things that we may become people with healthy relationships. I've been reflecting recently on the baggage and all the things that I brought into relationships from my family of origin and my cultural background being raised in England. And there were kind of these principles that I had kind of learned over the years that wreaked havoc on my relationships. Principles such as avoid conflict at all costs. Don't get people mad at you. Raising your voice is a sin. Uh, performance is the best source of security. Beating others is success. If you speak out your hurt, you could make it worse through a, some kind of negative confession. Don't show vulnerability. 
You are not allowed to have certain feelings. Feelings are not important. And see, all these things were just kind of built into me through just the brokenness of my background. I had a great parents and a great childhood, don't get me wrong, but these are just in all of us. And when we come to Jesus, he wants to heal, of these, heal us of these things because these things sabotage our relationships. I remember, I remember one Sunday when I had no idea that these things were wreaking havoc on my relationships. And we were doing communion. And just before communion, our pastor said, this is before vintage, our pastor said, look, it'd be great if, you know, if there's any unresolved conflict in the church, let's just spend a few moments, not just shaking hands and greeting, greeting each other, but before communion, let's go and resolve the conflict. So let's all bow our heads and pray. And then just ask the Lord if there's anything on your heart to then go and resolve with someone. This is, a, this is old school, right? I don't know any church that does this nowadays. So I was praying, closing my eyes, and I could hear people start to move around, and I couldn't think of anyone that I had a problem with uh, or had a problem with me, and I just thought, oh, Lord, these, you know, I pray for reconciliation of whatever's happening in the room here. And, and I was just praying for people who've obviously in trauma um, with relationships, and, and then suddenly, after a few minutes, I had like a tap on the shoulder and someone tapped me on the shoulder. And I looked up and to my surprise, there was like a, a line of people about eight long waiting to get right with me because I had hurt them in some way. And when they were speaking to me, at first I thought, wow, you know, well, I pray for you that brother. I don't think that's me. But after a while I thought, maybe this is me. And maybe there's unresolved things in me that is causing havoc and sabotaging my relationships. See, we all have these things in our lives, right? We all bring them into all relationships, into our marriage, into our parenting, into our relationships in church and at work. And the great news is Jesus doesn't want us to leave us with these hurts and hang-ups and habits that wreck relationships. By his spirit, he heals us that we all may step into healthy community and healthy relationships. Look, Jesus gives an example of how this works. In chapter 18, a man comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Totally reasonable question in my view. If someone keeps doing the same thing, you know, surely, surely, enough's enough, time out. I do not forgive you now. Seven is like, even now I'd probably go four or five. <laughs> because in my own strength, I don't know if I could ever forgive someone if they keep on doing it. But Jesus answered in verse 22, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, there's no limit. How on earth do you do that? How on earth does anyone have the ability to keep forgiving? Of course, Jesus doesn't mean don't put boundaries up, that there are consequences to sin. So he's not saying, you know, don't do those things. That is appropriate. But forgiveness, he says there's no limit. Now, Jesus tells us the answer to how it's possible to do this. You remember, he's trying to tell us we can't do these things on our own strength. It's impossible by our own strength, but it is possible with God. And he tells a parable to show us how he changes you on the inside so that you can forgive others. He tells a story 
about a servant who was forgiven a huge debt, phenomenal, astronomical-sized debt. And you would have thought this guy would be grateful, right, and just so excited. But this servant then goes on to demand repayment of a tiny debt from someone else. And the point of this parable is that for us to go, how could he do that? How could he be forgiven this huge debt one minute and then not extend forgiveness and mercy to this guy with this small debt over here? And that's the point. Jesus is saying, it's not possible for that to happen. When you've been forgiven much, when you recognize how much God has forgiven you, when you truly see Jesus on the cross with all of your sin, past, present, and future, on him, when he dies the death that you deserved, when all of the consequences, eternal consequences of our sin are on him, when you recognize the magnitude of what he's done for you in forgiving you, then suddenly your heart is released to forgive others who have done things to you. I'm not belittling what they are, but Jesus is saying, the engine, the power of forgiveness of others comes from recognizing and living into and knowing in your heart how much you've been forgiven. That's why in Ephesians 4.32, Paul writes, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in God forgave you. So the gospel changes us on the inside, heals us so that we may then have the ability to forgive and to be humble and to resolve healthy conflict, not be defensive, all these things. Now, this is hard work to go on this healing journey because it, it takes cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Lizzie and I have done some courses recently called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Relationships where we have to unopen the things that we're carrying in our lives, go back to our culture, our family of origin, go back to the experiences that we've been through to recognize what's the baggage we're bringing into relationships and invite the Holy Spirit to heal us. I want to recommend that book to you, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that you can read that and start to go, you know what, I want to be healed of these things, that I may live into community. See, community, healthy community and healthy relationships doesn't begin with other people getting it right. It begins with us being healed, starting with yourself. I also want to recommend um, a great book by our friend, Dr. Henry Cloud, Changes That Heal. Such, such great advice, particularly on forgiveness. And many of us need to go, as I have, to a therapist or a, a counselor to help us sort through much of the wounds that we bring into community, we bring into relationships and let Christ heal them. I often say the best thing that you can be for your spouse, the best thing that you can be for your kids, the best thing that you can be for your church is choose that yourself goes on a journey of emotional health, of healing of the wounds that we bring in to all the relationships that we have. Well, finally, what are the practices of the kingdom? The practices of kingdom relationships. See, Jesus talks about, these are the principles that I want to foster. These are, this is the power, it's me doing it in you. But you've got to outwork it. There are practices. You don't build healthy community in a classroom. You don't build a healthy marriage. <laughs> in a classroom or online Zoom seminar. 
No, it's through practice. And chapter 18 and 19 are very practical chapters. Jesus gives us very practical advice of this is what you do. It's like riding a bike, isn't it? Um, if you want to ride a bike, you can't just read a book about it. You can't go to a lecture about it. You can't go to a webinar about it. You'll learn about bikes, but you'll never actually learn to ride a bike until you get on it and practice. And that's the same thing with healthy community and healthy relationships, is to be in a community, to be in relationships and practice these things. There are way too many practices out there for me to summarize. Lizzie and I have been on a journey recently. It's so helped just our friendships, our parenting, our own marriage, things like stop mind reading. You know, when we say, look, I'm not gonna assume I know what you meant uh, by when you said that or when you did that, but um, help me understand. I'm gonna assume that maybe I misunderstood you. See, this is humility, right? I may have misunderstood you. <coughs> I don't see the full picture. Help me understand. Clarifying expe expectations. Pete and Jerry Scazzaro uh, say, expectations are only valid when they have been mutually agreed upon. I don't know how many times relationships are um, sabotaged when um, expectations aren't met, but they weren't agreed expectations. They weren't even vocalized expectations. And we say things like, well, they should know not to do that. I say that all the time. And this is not a healthy relationship practice. They should know is not from the heart of Christ. In fact, sitting down with people and aligning expectations. Incarnational listening, how to actually listen and hear the heart of someone else. Speaking truthfully. Actually learning not to duck anything. This is a huge practice for me, is not to bury conflict, not to bury things, but actually to allow them to come out allow my feelings to come out and then with respect, with honesty and with clarity, approach someone and, and share my heart. Clean fighting. How do, we, how do we resolve conflict? And then how do we forgive? As I said, Dr. Henry Cloud's book called Changes That Heal is a great resource for that. Church, Jesus is healing relationships and he's healing community. And as a church, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit to go on this journey. And in this last summer of COVID and political tension and racial tragedy, we have seen more than ever the need for godly kingdom community that is welcoming of all, that is respectful and diverse and loving and humble, that is committed to another, that knows how to resolve conflict. The church has a great opportunity to highlight to the whole world, this is what it's like to have a healed whole community. But we have to go on a journey. We have to actually partner with the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna challenge you, as you look at your marriage, as you look at your parenting, as you look at your single relationships, as you look at your community group, as you look at your church, what areas in your life is the Holy Spirit saying, I wanna heal this in you, that you can play your part by my strength, in cultivating kingdom community. Let's pray together. So Jesus, we thank you that you have come to heal and restore community. And we pray that you begin with each and every one of us, you to heal the hurts and the hangups and the habits and help us where that can be tough and difficult. 
and particularly for some that some traumatic experiences have been buried in our past and that we we know they we know they spoil or come into our relationships in the present and we'll be praying that we you would help us go on a journey of wholeness and as we worship you now jesus we pray that you would transform within us you'd pour your love into us because it all begins with you healing our hearts through what you've done for us in your presence with us in jesus name amen